Welcome back to the LT Guitarist Podcast, a show where I, musician and music educator Liam Taylor, do my best to enable musicians to earn a living off of the music they make. Today we are talking about income diversification. The coronavirus has made us think about alternative income streams as many of our jobs or freelance opportunities have kind of just disappeared. Many musicians are now struggling because they rely on playing live music and I know many others whose income is dependent on one-to-one instrumental tuition based in schools which they now can't deliver because all the schools are shut. And I want to mention that actually what we're going to talk about today isn't just about the coronavirus. This is going to be solid advice for whenever the world gets back to normal. I think we just need to be aware of how important it is to have different income streams. So that's what we're talking about today. And this is something that anyone who's relied on content creation for any single website has encountered. YouTube, for example, is really good at pulling the rug out from underneath its creators and Twitch isn't secure if that's your only income because it can fluctuate so drastically. So us people who've been making stuff for YouTube for years know that YouTube by itself is not a good idea. That's no way to... uh, live your life that's no way to support a family so it's all about getting different income streams so today's question is how can we as musicians become more financially secure how can we protect ourselves against local and global situations we may not be able to foresee the short answer is diversify and the long answer is coming up now the long answer is the rest of this podcast if you didn't see that coming So I've got three categories of income for musicians, music performance, passive income, and active online income. And then to finish, we're gonna have my golden apple piece of advice. So stick around to the very end if you want that, which you do, which is why I've put it at the end, because I I know how the algorithm works. And remember that the idea here is that we shouldn't rely on any one of these income streams. They work best as a combination. I truly cannot stress that enough. So let's take a look at category one, music performance. Music performance for the sake of this podcast is going to be anything that involves playing an instrument. So anything around live music, anything around music education, anything around session music or music production. I appreciate that this is the thing that currently with coronavirus many musicians are struggling with and I wanted to include it firstly so that we have a really good idea of what our base income is, where our base income is coming from and maybe get some ideas on how we can grow upon that and second, well we don't know next year if we have a global situation where the internet disappears and in that situation we're only going to have live music or music production and radio, that kind of thing. So the whole point here is to be financially secure regardless of what happens around the world. So here are some things to think about. Firstly, MVP, minimum viable product. What is the bare minimum that you need to do to get out there and start playing music? Whether you're a band or a solo artist, if you're not gigging now, what is the absolute bare bones you can get away with to go out there and start earning money by playing gigs? I know there's not a lot of money to be earned from playing gigs at the moment, is there? But the sooner you get started doing the crappy unpaid gigs, the sooner you can get to the well-paid fun 
gigs, yeah? So that's thing one. Thing two, if you can't get gigs yet, can you busk? Can you sit on the street corner and play your guitar and get a few pennies thrown at you? Even if you are gigging, busking is still a really good idea because of the amount of foot traffic that you gain uh, and the amount of eyeballs that you have. Okay, so if your band is gigging, would you consider doing covers or doing an entire tribute night? I know many of us are annoyed at how popular tribute nights are, but to an extent, you kind of need to go where the money is, yeah? So just suck it up and consider being in a cover band for a little bit. When you started your band, chances are that you said, let's learn this ACDC song, this Guns N' Roses song, this Kings of Leon song, whatever it was, you learnt a piece of music rather than, you know, awkwardly sitting in a room staring at each other and no one doing anything. You probably had an icebreaker to learn, didn't you? So why not do that on stage? Yeah? If you know music, which you do, you're a musician, if you know music, could you DJ? This is similar to the covers band thing, isn't it? Musicians aren't always fans of DJs because they think it's so easy, so treat this as an opportunity to show them up. Go out there, let's see what you can do, let's see how easy being a DJ is. Because you know what, there's money there as well, isn't there? People might not want to hear your music, but you can still earn money being a DJ, can't you? So go out there and do a good job. If you've played a few gigs, would you consider running your own night? with your own band and a few other bands in your network, would you be a live music promoter? And this is an interesting one because actually music promoters don't exist quite as much as they used to even a few years ago. We sort of just rely on bands to run their own nights and promote their own events now. So actually, why not do that with a few mates bands? There's not an awful lot of money there, but it's just a case of thinking about what middlemen do you not need. And actually promoting is really hard, so it might not be for you, but you might also be really good at it. So maybe give it a go. If you can play your instrument, which I hope you can, if you can play an instrument, you probably know someone who can't. Would you be able to teach them how to play? Don't just assume you can teach because you can play. It's a different skill set, but if you can play an instrument, it's worth trying to teach or it's worth learning how to teach because people are always going to want to know how to do what you do. So definitely consider music tuition as an income stream. Can you work out what it is that makes your playing stand out? Why are you better than the guy next to you? What specifically do you do that the other person can't do? Once you know that, can you get session work because of it? People think session work is just a case of showing up and playing your guitar or whatever instrument. It's not. You have to have your unique selling point. You've got to be able to do one thing better than anyone else. So when someone's in their studio and thinks, ooh, I need a really rad synthesizer solo, they're going to have a more specific idea of what that rad synthesizer solo is. And you need to make sure that you can supply that rad synthesizer solo. It means you're not going to get every gig, but you're not going to get every gig anyway. It means that you are going to get the gigs for that specific musician. If you know how to record music yourself, can you get some money from recording demos with other musicians in your network? The advent of home recording technology has meant that everyone can record music, but not everyone knows how to get started doing that. And not everyone actually, even if they're watching tutorials on YouTube or wherever, they still might struggle how to do it properly. And that's where you can come in. So you can maybe say, oh, I'll record a demo EP. I'll record three tracks, whatever. And I'll show you what I'm doing as well. 
So you're you're teaching and providing a service. Every now and again, I'll do some work with... I think there's a few different people that come to me. Like, I sort of help them set up recording stuff and they've done demos at home, but they'll still come to me for, like, specific things. So, like, vocals is one thing that actually... Uh, bedroom guitarists or bedroom producers don't really have a space where they can record nice vocals and I've got I've not got the best mics but I have mics and I've got a little sound booth which is actually more than most people have <laughs> to be honest so I'm I'm a few steps ahead there and I can earn income by letting people record in my space so that's that's another little income stream there uh lastly can you earn some money writing for film or video game scores and i'm going to get into this a little bit in the next section there are two types of income you can gain through film video and, and tv scoring sometimes you will just be given a check and then someone will own that piece of music Sometimes a paycheck's just nice, isn't it? But sometimes you want to say, no, actually, I'd rather have 15p every time this thing is aired because it could be the next big TV show, in which case that's quite a lot of money over time. And that takes us quite neatly into passive income. Category two, passive income. Passive income is a big thing at the moment. There's a lot of ebooks about why passive income is good, and there's a few about why it's bad as well. Remember that the idea here is to diversify our revenue streams. So if you lean on any one of these, it's not going to work. I am going to repeat that every opportunity I get because it's so very crucial. So what do we mean when we say passive income? Passive income is any money that is generated from work you have already done. Okay, so some of these will rely on releasing music and some of them will not. We're going to look firstly at the ones which rely on releasing music, which includes royalties, album and merch sales, synchronization and ad revenue from music videos. There are others. These are the ones that uh, jump out to me the most, certainly. So if you're releasing music, you need a royalty collection agency. It's that simple. You need one. You also need to seek opportunities for your music to be played on the radio so you have some income to claim. Writing, creating and releasing music isn't enough to start earning royalties. You need to actually put it out into the world. You need to actually let people know that you have music and why they should be playing it especially at first because you're not going to get fans out of nowhere are you? That's ridiculous. And this is the same with album sales and merchandise. Sure, you've released the music, but people need to know about it. So you need to be proactive about marketing in order to get people interested. There's many other blogs and podcasts about doing exactly that. In fact, I've definitely talked about that in the past. So I suggest that you do research further around how to promote a release and how to get radio plays and blog placements if you need to do that. You also need to be active in seeking synchronization deals with films, TV, games, whatever. You could get a one-off fee for these deals, which is why it was in the previous section, or you could get a royalty for every time film or the show is aired. The royalty aspect of that is interesting because it could mean that you don't get an awful lot of money up front but 10 years from now you could have accidentally scored a cult classic and that could be airing every single afternoon and just like that you get a little bit of money every time it's aired so that's a great way to get this kind of drip passive income and once you have a few streams like that actually that that's when things start to get a little more financially secure 
um, because it means that, yes, you might not actually have a day job right now. You might not be on tour or you might not be gigging or busking, but you did that score work several years ago and actually that can keep you afloat for a little bit so that's why that's why diversification is so important here are a few other passive income ideas that don't necessarily rely on releasing music ebooks and online courses if you can teach music in person can you learn how to use a video camera and deliver a paid online course or could you write a book about how to do what you do this is another big one. Um, I see a lot of people talking about doing ebooks. In fact, most of the, uh, I'd say maybe 50% of the uh, the music YouTubers that I really enjoy have some kind of book or online course. And actually, those are a great source of income because you only have to record those things once and then you get the income from that for potentially the rest of your life. That's what makes it passive income. Yes, you have to do work in the first instance, but after that, you don't. Add revenue from YouTube content and podcasts. If you make music, can you coherently and informatively talk about how you make music? If so, why not consider making video tutorials for YouTube or discussing these topics as a podcast, like exactly what I'm doing right now? There is a threshold for earning ad revenue for most platforms, but once you reach it, that content will continue to earn you some level of income as long as the internet still works. And if the internet goes down, it will probably come back again because we need the, the cat videos. Like, really. Okay, that's category two. If I wanted to summarize passive income, it's all about putting some work in behind the scenes and then letting that pay off over time. And you can kind of take a scattergun approach to it, which is a little bit what I'm doing at the moment, to be honest, and just sort of put fingers in pies all over the place. And then maybe one of those things will allow you to earn income down the line. And this is something that I'm enjoying at the moment, having taken a step back from YouTube a little bit. I'm still earning ad revenue from the videos that I've made over the last five years that's not going to stop just because I'm uploading less, which um, I'm a little annoyed I didn't realise a couple of years ago because I would have made less videos. But hey, whatever. Category three, active online income. I don't have a proper name for this category, so suggestions are welcome. This is kind of halfway between the previous two categories, but I do feel like it exists as its own thing. It relies on your ability to regularly stream or upload content which doesn't necessarily have a long shelf life. So someone might watch it as you stream, but a week later it might not be relevant. The clearest example of this is live streaming. You can get subscriptions or bits on Twitch, for example. If you have the kit for recording videos and making music, then you have pretty much all the kit you need to stream. You could stream a podcast recording, like I'm doing right now, very professionally, I might add. You could stream a music creation session, or you could do an online concert. And this is something that we're seeing a lot of people all over the world do because of the coronavirus that's happening at the moment. You could, thanks to sites like Patreon, do these exclusively for fans who are sending you whatever amount of money every month. Or you could do a bonus for those patrons. You could do a pre-show question and answer session and then go live on Twitch or Mixer, YouTube, wherever else. Or you could do a concert exclusively for those people. You could do a ticketed 
event if you want which i believe is what uh rupaul's drag race are doing with the uh theater shutdowns the venue shutdowns i believe that they're honoring ticket sales to a uh exclusive live stream but it's not going to be public you have to have a ticket in order to get into that live stream so there's still an element of exclusivity and uh, rarity scarcity to that which has a inherent value so that's worth trying another example is blogging something i know a little bit about if you know music which you do because you make music if you know music and can write could you review music there are services like submit hub where you can earn money for listening to and writing about underground bands there is a a moral issue there for me but there might not be for you in which case crack on earn some money um my moral issue is that i don't like the pay to play model and i feel like submit hub is essentially that so as the content manager for stabpanda.com website that reviews independent underground music i probably won't because i don't know what the situation is going to be in a few years but i probably won't do any kind of paid placements on that website because i just don't feel like <sighs> it's, it's tricky to put into words but basically like the value of the music that someone makes the quality of the music someone makes has nothing to do with their spare income i feel like a solo artist can make something really amazing or four millionaires could sit in someone's lounge and write something really mediocre but you're going to hear about the four millionaires aren't you not the one poor person who made something genuinely exciting that's essentially why i don't want to take money for the stab and music blog but I would say if you're a musician and you're struggling for income, maybe that's less of a moral issue for you. I'm I'm opening it up. I'm not going to judge you if you decide that that is a, a viable income option for yourself. You do what you've got to do. Right. The golden apple. I don't know why apple. Golden carrot would make more sense, wouldn't it? But here we are. Golden apple. This golden apple is kind of tricky because it's really easy to say this out loud and much, much harder to do. It sounds like such a simple thing, but I, I am very aware that it's not. No freelance career can ever be as secure as a day job. It just can't. You need to have something that has a contract. And often, work that has a contract isn't fun work. It's actual labor, it's actual work. Nonetheless, my golden apple advice is that you try to get some kind of day job relating to music in the most tangential of ways if possible that is easier said than done but you can kind of broaden your definition of what music related really means you could work in a record shop you could work in a studio and i know it's a little bit soul destroying but actually like would you spend five hours a week mopping a studio floor like really just you get to be around instruments you get to be around musicians would that really be so bad would you if it comes down to it spend 10 hours stacking shelves of cds and dvds in a supermarket and i know it's a little bit soul destroying to think about but actually think about the security if you work in a record shop you could work your way up to managing a record shop and that would be so much more secure and you'd you'd have the possibility at that point to do gigs or to perform your own music or sell your own music in the record shop 
but you don't get that without the whole stacking shelves bit do you if you have to spend some time stacking cds and supermarkets well you're going to get to know the top 10 pretty well aren't you and i think actually i'm quite out of touch with popular music even though i work with young people that's my day job i don't know half the bands they tell me about I, ha I have to go look them up spend 10 minutes thinking why is this popular and then i have to go teach them that song that's what my life is like at the moment if you're in touch with what the top 10 is in any way you're going to have a better idea of how to manipulate that and how to make that work for you so i'm going to kind of leave that golden apple dangling there i do think that it's incredibly difficult to be a freelancer at the moment and i think truly we need some level of security and i know that's really easy to say but that's kind of uh how it is currently Unless you literally write the next Crystal Maze theme, I think you probably will need to have some kind of day job. But I think you can get something music related and it will probably be easier than you think it is. Not saying it's easy, just saying it's a little bit easier. And that is where I'm going to leave it for this episode of the LT Guitarist podcast. I know we ended on a slightly scary note there, but actually I think, again, it's, it's worth saying it again, it's all about diversifying. It's all about having these different income streams. Not one of these is gonna work by itself. You've gotta do all of them. And then you'll be in a, a reasonable, financially secure state. And it's possibly a little bit scary to think about, oh, I have a band, but we're not gigging that much. So now I need to, now I need to busk and now I need to run events and I've got to teach bass as well. Oh, and I've got to get a day job mopping a floor. Do it step by step. I mean, I realize that with the virus right now, you're not going to be able to do anything, possibly. Think about how you can let people know about your latest music release. Think about, could I write music reviews for money? Think about, could I be a DJ? Could I broadcast over Twitch a DJ set? Because DJs, we all know, are hacks. I'm being a little bit tongue-in-cheek there, but only a little bit. So go on, do a better job than that DJ, and you can broadcast from your... Uh, from your armchair in the current climate, can't you? So thanks for listening to the LT Guitarist podcast. I would really appreciate it if you subscribed on whatever platform you are listening to now. And also any kind of five-star review would be hugely appreciated. Thank you very much and goodbye.